Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Podcast on Fifth Ave, episode two of the season. Taylor Hawes and Julianne Pelusi here. Taylor, uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. First of all, we have uh, Kevin Acklin joining us again, uh, the Penguins president of Business Ops. He's telling us about bringing Yammer Yager back to Pittsburgh. So it's a really exciting interview that you don't want to miss. And uh Taylor, you just got back from Buffalo, my former stomping grounds, and uh, uh, from the Prospects Challenge, and the Penguins were victorious. Uh, really curious to hear um, from what you saw up in Buffalo uh, and uh, who really impressed you there. Yeah, it's a, it's a six-team tournament. It's not really a tournament. Uh, 18 teams, it's <laughs> three games. The Penguins won, uh, not officially, uh, they, uh, they finished two and one. A couple teams finished two and one, but apparently you can call that winning. <laughs> on goal differential, they apparently went on goal differential and then like head to head. Uh, so like afterwards, like the players are walking outside the locker room and they're all like champs, champs. I asked like J- J- Coach JD Forrest, um, like you guys officially the champs, and he's like, that's what we're going with. So yeah, they they won yeah. the tournament. Well um, <laughs> yeah, the the good thing is. That the prospects you wanted to see stand out stood mm-hmm. out for for the better. Uh, the the big three, I guess you could say, going into that goalie Yo Blomquist. He's making his North American debut this season. He's moving over from Finland. He missed a lot of time last season with concussions. So I mean, just being able to play a full season, you want to know where he's at. But then also adjusting to the smaller North American ice surface because in Finland they play on the larger international ice. Uh, they, they split the game. So he played one full game and then a half game. Um, he was the best player on the ice in both of those games he played in. Uh, the, he, he stopped 12 of 14 in, in the first, like half of the first game. The second game he played, he had a 34 save shutout. Not much more you can ask for him, for him there. Um, and then like talking to him there, he said, like just adjusting to the smaller North American ice service, he said, it's really not that much of a difference for him. So that's a big positive that he's, mm-hmm. that he's adjusting well. And then um, as far as skaters go, the two you really wanted to see good things from were Sam Poulin and Braden Yeager. Poulin, because, I mean, he played NHL games last season, um, just a couple. Mm-hmm. And then he took um, mental health break, leave of absence. He, he was gone a lot of the season. So he just, you want to know, like, where his conditioning's at? Because, I mean, he wasn't. He was around. He definitely wasn't playing. I don't know how much he was even like on the ice. Definitely wasn't practicing with the team. And he, I've still, you know, he also attended development camp um, earlier in the summer. I've still yet to see any indication that he's been set back at all by taking that mm-hmm. time off. Um, he's still, you know, physical going to the net. He scored um, twice in the tournament. Um, his legs are there. That's the big thing too. So really encouraging from him. And then Braden Yeager, the first round pick this summer, 
you just, you know, this is the first opportunity he's had to play with players with pro experience. A lot of them are older than him, bigger, stronger, and then, you know, playing against, you know, guys with pro experience too. Uh, the first game, he he was a little. I, I don't know if you'd say shaky. He didn't he didn't stand out much either way. Um, he played center. You could tell he was like struggling in faceoffs against the more experienced Bruins in that game. But as the as the other you know other two games went on, he he looked a lot better. Um, he had a crazy shot, and he was making really good deci- decisions defensively, which was the most encouraging thing for me for like a, a young player. Um, you know, the, the, his first goal, like it was in game two. It came from one of the defensemen on his team was pinching. So there's there's an opening. He moved there. And when he got there, he, he got the puck and he took a shot um, from the point that, that score, he scored on. So that that was really encouraging. And then his other goal, he scored in game three. Um, it, was, it was off a breakaway. Uh, really nice move from him. So I mean, that's that's there really wasn't much to that's the wrap. About. Yeah, there wasn't much to complain about. I mean, there are a couple other um, uh, guys who you know aren't the big names that I think had had good tournaments. So like bef- before the tournament, I wrote a story like it was like five guys to watch, and I had the three we talked about. But then the one I meant, one I mentioned was Jagger Joshua, and I feel like a lot of people don't know who that is. You said he was the most fun to watch for you, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, um, you know, only on an AHL contract is that he's, he's gonna, this is gonna be his first pro year. He's coming from college, Michigan State. He played seven games in Wilkes-Barre at the end of last year, just on an on mm-hmm. amateur tryout. And, uh, you know, the reason I put him on that list is just because knowing his game, he's the kind of player that is going to stand out in that kind of environment. He, he, he's like a little Tom Wilson. He's, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, physical. Everyone in Pittsburgh's gonna love to hear that. <laughs> no, oh, no, I mean they do. I, I they like, do. Yeah, they, no. The the you don't want to hear that name, but the way that that kind of physicality, of course, you want to hear that for sure. Right? Yeah, Tom Wilson's like the kind of guy you want on your team. You don't want to be playing against. Um, right. And he's like a. They call him a unicorn because to have that kind of edge and that physicality and that size, but then also be able to play hockey well, there's not many guys like that out there. <laughs> no. Jagger Joshua, he's 6'3", 210, so he's big, he's physical. I don't know if he fights, because he's coming from college, and there, I mean, there's no fighting. Um, but yeah, I mean, gets under the, the skin of opponents. Um, and he, 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 so not every player played all three games, so he only played the last two. And he, you noticed him every time he was on the ice, because that's what he was doing. Um, he's on the net front row on the power play and he's parked in front of, you know, like the Sabres goalie every, every shift he's out there. Um, and then he, he did score in the third game. It was an empty netter, but I mean, he was super noticeable every time he was on the ice for the better. Um, I know JD Forrest, the coach was really, uh, impressed by what he saw from him, but I mean, yeah, like he's, he's a little Tom Wilson. I mean, he, he was also frequently in the box. So that's kind of, you know, right. What what you'd expect. He, in college, he was, you know, kind of, like, I don't want to call him dirty, but, I mean, he was number two in all of college hockey in, in penalty minutes last season. <laughs> Sounds um, clean to me. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> three of those were, were 10 minutes uh, each. One was uh, boarding, one was a hit to the head. Uh, and then the other one was, like, words, words to the official. I know he cleaned it up in the course of the, the season went on, but, I mean, Jagger Joshua, I would expect him to be a fan favorite in Wilkes-Barre. Um, by midseason for sure. I don't, it's hard to say like, are we going to see him up in Pittsburgh? He's on an AHL contract. So he would actually mm-hmm. have to be signed to an entry level deal um, to, to do that. But I mean, he, if nothing else, he's going to be one of the ones to follow in Wilkes-Barre for sure. And if he does end up in Pittsburgh, I mean, I think Jagoff would be an appropriate name, oh, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, has yeah, anyone it's, said it's, that before? Has that been mentioned before? Because, like, if not, you heard it on the pod first. But I, I saw a couple of, I guess, the fans who weren't super familiar with him. Once you know, they see him in that first game. The first game, especially, was one where he's acting like a little jagoff. Um, it was it was against Ottawa, and it he's running his mouth every time he's on the ice at, <laughs> at like the entire Ottawa bench. It started because like it was a really big clean hit on like a center's player early on, but then for, from that it's like he's living rent free in the entire Ottawa team the rest of the game, and it, it led to a, a goal in that game. They won eight to three in that game. One of them, it's like he had 
like one or two players like drawn towards him, paying attention to him running his mouth. But then meanwhile, someone, I, I can't remember which one, uh, another AHL contractor for scored. So, uh, but when that was happening on, I did, I, I did see fans calling him like jab up Jagger Joshua on, uh, on, on Twitter. Kind of so, like it. it. You, you want that kind of a uh, chutzpah. And then also Taylor, finally uh, coming from the prospects challenge. I mean, the Sabres have, a, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm used to being in Buffalo the last three seasons. Uh, but uh, Pittsburgh, you know, they've given away a lot of draft picks, um, trying to go in heavily over the last, uh, gosh, I mean, it's been almost most of the sit area that they've gone in hard trying to bring in guys and giving away first round picks, second round picks, so many early picks. So how refreshing was it um, to see, uh, especially for Penguins fans, that there are some prospects in this pipeline that are competing well over other young players in other organizations? Yeah, I mean, that's that's huge. And, I mean, that's not even including Owen Pickering, who's their top defense mm-hmm. prospect. He wasn't able to play. Um, he suffered an injury about a month ago. Um, I think it's his ankle. It's definitely a lower body. Um, and he wasn't skating. But, I mean, just, you know, yeah, like I said, the big three, that's who you wanted to see because those were all high picks. Poulin and Jaeger first-round picks. And then Blomquist, the number two. I mean, Blomquist could be the future number one. He could, like, eventually take over for Jari. Um, and then, I mean, like you said, the, especially at center, it feels like it, for a long time, there's just been nothing, uh, right. down there yeah. and looks barrier in the system. And I mean, Poulian's a center. And now that you see that, you know, he's fine, he could maybe take, I wouldn't say he's going to play a lot in the bottom six this year, just because there's no room. Um, he can play wing. They do really like him as a center, but looking ahead to like 2024, 20, 25, Jeff Carter's gone. Right. Sam Poulin could be your third, fourth line center. Braden Yeager, he's going back to juniors. He's not He's not particularly close just because his age, he has to go back to juniors. Um, but, I mean, he, that actually could be something there. And then, I mean, because they have traded away a lot of their picks, you want to find some diamonds in the rough, some unsigned guys, some guys who didn't get drafted. They had a lot of, you know, undrafted invites at this camp that looked good too. Some of them earned an invite to the main camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's another thing that, that's, you know, a positive is that, you know, they could start restocking the prospect pool with these kind of guys who just had to earn their way and maybe were late, late bloomers. Well, it looks like the prospects challenge was, uh, pretty good for Pittsburgh and, uh, we'll see how things go heading into camp and, uh, yeah, Taylor, it seems like I, I wasn't up there in Buffalo with you, but it does seem like the Penguins have a lot to be excited about um, in the pipeline of the organization for the, for, for the first time in a while. So that's that is a good thing. And we will be right back. Don't forget Kevin Acklin, Penguins president, coming up with us in just a little bit to talk about Yammer Yager. Coming back to Pittsburgh, you're listening to podcast on Fifth Ave. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to episode two of the season podcast on Fifth Ave. And uh, Taylor, we, uh, or excuse me, Big T. Um, I haven't Big called T. you. I haven't called you Big T yet today, so. We're never going to explain that. We're never going to we'll, explain that. We'll literally never explain <laughs> Big T. <laughs> There's a lot we're not going to explain. Mind you, also, today I was at the hairdresser and she was asking what I've been up to. And I told her about the podcast. And uh, I was like, and she's like, oh, like, what's it about? What What is it? And I was like, well, I'm talking about the Penguins in the NHL with my best friend, Taylor. So, you know, that's the first time I... uh dropped the title there yeah. so yeah yeah big Not time big, big t big t yeah um so <laughs> big things happening here on podcast on fifth Ave, and also <laughs> some uh, big movement with the penguins broadcast team um we talked to kevin acklin a little bit last week uh, about um fenway sports group taking over the penguins broadcast and he did assure us that you know if you were getting penguins games last year you're still getting in this year. That's not going to change. It's just a change in ownership. And uh, but things are switching up with the team and who's going to be calling the game. Josh gets off uh, moving from radio to TV, uh, doing play by play. I think he does such a fine job. And I think that Penguins fans um, on the TV side are really going to enjoy his work. Yeah, for sure. So it's just him and Steve Mears switching um, mm-hmm. roles when it comes to the play by play. Mears is going back to. To radio. So, I mean, I, given that I'm at most of the games, I don't really listen to many right. of the games or watch many <laughs> of the games. It's more like the, the highlights. Um, I, I don't have anything against like mirrors. Um, I, I think I, I, I like, I think he's fine in the job. I think he's a nice person too. I know both of these guys. Um, right. They're great. I think gets off maybe has a little bit more energy um, just from the goal calls that I've seen. Um so I, I just think that'll be uh, exciting to, to switch things up. I don't know how much they take these things into account, but like, I feel like every year you'll see like a national outlet or maybe like a fan voted thing where like they rank the broadcast teams across the league. And it feels like the Penguins have pretty consistently been towards the bottom um, mm-hmm. over the years, like not even just with Mears back on this, like Stuggy. I don't know if that's like a, that's like a bias thing or whatever, but I mean, I, I don't, I think I'm, I'm okay with the switch. Um, and then, like, Bob, Bob Airy, that one's kind of, that's tough. I, I liked Bob Airy. Um, right, right. I, I, he's kind of goofy, um, but in, like, a good way. Um, I, I thought he was very entertaining. Um, I mean, because Bob Airy, I remember watching, like, when I was, like, before I was working. Um, that's how long he's, he's been doing it. Um, he's, uh, we can talk about, like, the other hires now, too. So they didn't replace him directly. Um, mm-hmm. the color analyst role is a whole smorgasbord. Is that the yeah. way to say that word? I guess. Like I, I'm a, I, I would have liked to see Aries stick around, but the, what they're doing now is mm-hmm. pretty cool too. Um, so it's going to be rotating cast. Um, Colby Armstrong, he did, he started doing a little bit. Um, I don't know if definitely last year, a little bit before that too. Again, I've never really heard much of them because I'm typically there. Um, but it seems like he's pretty popular with fans. Uh, Phil Bork, Phil Bork is also, so he was the color analyst on the radio. He's still the color analyst on the radio. It just seems so, but because it's rotating, sometimes he's going to be on TV instead. They haven't really said what they're doing on the radio when he's not on the radio. Um, and then Mike Rupp, uh, Mike Rupp's coming back. Uh, he had been with like the NHL network. Uh, he's going to be a color analyst. He's also going to be doing in studio work. Um, so like, I guess intermission shows, they haven't really said who's doing what, because Dan Potash uh, also moving to an in-studio role, Jay Caulfield remaining uh, in the in-studio role. Uh, he does like the intermission breakdowns, um, like breaking down in individual plays. Uh, and then, so they're hiring a ringside reporter too. I know this is diff. This is more like replacing Potash in games. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, her, so her name is Haley Hunter. She previously had a similar role with the Islanders. 
Um, she was most recently with NBC Sports Golf Channel on the PGA Tour. And they've, they've also said that, you know, further additions to the Sportsnet Pittsburgh um, analyst Ross, roster, game and analyst roster will be announced at a later date. So it seems like they're not done hiring. Um, so maybe we right. see more people come in to that, that rotating uh, color analyst role. So I think it's pretty cool what they're doing with it. My main concern is that with Dan Potash on the desk, is he still going to dress up for theme nights <laughs> in studio? <laughs> because I mean, you, like everybody wants to see what Potash is going to dress up as. I know. I, night. <laughs> I love the Potash costumes. Um, I said to him once that it feels like whenever there's a costume night, the penguins lose. Um, just and I, I think that's just because like because you know he's in the locker room after interviewing players too and I feel like I have many memories of would be like a tough loss and you know it's you know maybe tense in the locker room and we're like in a scrum at Sidney Crosby and Potash is there dressed like Darth Vader or Batman. I was gonna say Batman. Yeah, yeah he's in there. I oh, said that God. to him. Maybe this was like last or maybe two seasons ago, and he t- he gave me his rec like the Penguins record when he dresses up, and it was actually like a pretty good record. I was like, I, okay, I just remember the. <laughs> so he has kept track, first of all, but second right. of all, oh my gosh, that I I so I have never been in a dressing room where that has happened, where you know the host <laughs> is dressed up for theme night, and it just hasn't happened in my career so far because it is kind of a potash thing. Yeah, oh yeah, my potash. gosh, I cannot imagine that after a loss. I think I would just like, <laughs> but like only potash can pull that off. Yeah, I mean, because. He, the players love him. Like even Gino, yeah. <laughs> like Gino, he'll like kind of. I don't want to say he like hates the media, but like he, he's not happy about it. He's at least funny when he's like talking about how he doesn't want to do media, but he actually does love Potash. Um, po- Potash moving to in the studio. It's, see, I don't know if this was ma- his decision, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's let it's he, he doesn't have to travel, and that can right. be exhausting like all the travel um that he had to do so if that's what he wanted um good for him gonna miss uh seeing him on the road i'm sure the the players will too because i mean even going going back to like pascal dupuy and the thanks dan mm-hmm. and like the pranks they would do to potash like you know like when flurry was there i mean i was seeing flurry prank potash even when he was gone like when he got traded um well not trade i mean expansion draft um like it was, yeah, it was when he was with Vegas. It was one of the first times he had come back as a member of the Golden Knights. And so when there's no morning skate, Mike Sullivan, and it's a seven o'clock game, Sullivan will talk at five. So we got to get there mm-hmm. early and it's outside the locker room. So we're waiting. And Potash has his little like chairs set up where he does like his, his intermission interviews. And so he has all of his stuff there, but he had like stepped out. Um, and while we're waiting for Sully, like Flurry walks by and in like one like smooth motion, he picks up Potash's two mics, ties them in like several knots, puts them down and is gone. Um, how quickly like, think he did? So you witnessed this? Yeah. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. How it was, quickly did he do it? I don't even know if he stopped walking. It's like, it just, <laughs> like, he's like, he sees the mics, he knows the Potash's and it's like, he ties them up, puts them down and is, and is on his way. Um. And then, of course, Potash comes back and he immediately knows that Flurry has been through here because only Flurry. <laughs> like but he loves to, like, you know, tape everybody's stuff in a ball. And then I remember a story and I don't know which one of them did it to the other, but I'm assuming it was probably Flurry on Sid Crime. Uh, the packing peanuts in the car. Did you oh. ever see that one? That was uh, like a long time ago. I think I was like, a, we, we, I think we must have been like in college. It's probably before you got here that that I happened. I think Sid did that to I think to he him. did it to Flurry. You would assume Flurry did it to him, but I, I think that's the one time Sid got him good, packed his entire, Flurry's entire they, I mean, that <laughs> the packing peanuts. The packing peanuts are still in play. Um, last year, so like the Penguins put out a, a social video. It's like after a practice, um, and so Chad Ruedel has had gotten his car saran wrapped, and he was like undoing it. And then Pio Joseph comes out, and he's like, "Oh, that stings!" And he's like laughing um, at like Chad Ruedel. And then he gets to his car, and it's filled with packing peanuts. And we never found out who did it, like in the video. And it's not like they're going to talk, but. I just want to say that Jason Zucker was pretty quick to the scene of the crime 
taking pictures and just knowing Jason Zucker, that's the kind of thing yes. he'd so. Not to not to blame it on one person. But oh, I blame it on Jason Zucker. <laughs> yeah, being in Buffalo, those guys were all so young last year that like I think the pranks are going to be up and coming. But like you know, you got some older guys in Pittsburgh, oldest roster in the league. Like they know how to pull off the pranks. My, they know what's my to favorite do. kind of running thing. I guess you could call it a prank. Is the T-shirts that keep popping up throughout the year. It's like it'll they'll pick a player and like it's like they'll Photoshop him or like make a little cartoon of him, something funny. And then like it's like a T-shirt fairy comes and visits the locker room. It's like not every player will have the T-shirt at at a time, but like they'll they'll, it'll just show up. The way they all describe it is like yeah, I was just in my locker when I got here. Um, And so the one last year it was Pio Joseph. He's holding a tray of muffins and it says like the muffin man. Um, <laughs> and no one will say like who did it. They're just like, yeah, it was just in my locker today. So I put it on. Um, the other one. So like that one was just making fun of P.O. for his shot by calling it a muffin. Um, sure. Brian Boyle, when Brian Boyle was here, they, he had a t-shirt. They just put him on a, the body of a Steeler, like full Steelers uniform. It just said <laughs> I mean, Boyle. Honestly, the Steelers' offensive line could probably use <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I remember, uh, there might have been a Zucker one in there. I don't remember, but there was a Mark Friedman one. And they put him on the body of Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Like the oh tiny gosh. little, and I don't even know why. Like, I don't know if they're calling him small or whatever, <laughs> but... That was that was the store behind that shirt, but yeah, it's like everyone will wear it, and it's like then maybe next week more people it sh- the t-shirt shows up for them, and then they're wearing it. So I don't know who's behind the t-shirts, but that's that's what I want to see. I feel like <laughs> you definitely have to have the equipment staff involved. Like John Taglinetti might be involved there. I mean, you got you got to have the equipment staff involved to be getting the t-shirts made. The thing is, like, with, because, you know, someone's doing the Photoshopping. And in the, so, like, with Friedman and with Boyle, it was just, like, their actual heads. Like, someone took a picture. The Joseph one, last year was a cartoon. So, it's like, now we have someone drawing, like, a caricature. <laughs> Joseph. There's an artist among us. <laughs> like, I want, that's, like, okay, now, like, in, like now someone's drawing. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, those are good. I, I like the packing peanuts is the best one I've ever seen. I mean, I'm like, you have to go take your car to be detailed after that. Like, you cannot yeah. just like <laughs> those are awful to like. I mean, have you ever spilled a packing box on the floor and they're just like they crumble? Getting all yeah. those out of your car, like it's the just unbelievable. Poor Pierre. Like it's like he had like his food like taking from the arena. He was taking his food home. He was ready to go home. And he just he just like like he was just in defeat. Like just like dropped down. He's like, where do you even begin? Where do you even begin? No, no, you don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be a team effort. Like everyone pulling him out. So uh, we're on like the lightest note possible, but um, we did want to touch on uh, the Mike Babcock situation in Columbus. no longer with the team. Um, Taylor, I don't know what you think. I think that um, the Spit and Chicklets podcast can be all over the place. I know that people have very differing opinions about the podcast about Barstool that owns them. But I think that they were advocating for players and they got something done that needed to be done. And that is get Mike Babcock out of the coaching carousel out of Columbus and away from that Blue Jackets team. Yeah, I'm not ready to be like, oh my God, the Spit and Shiglets guys, like champions of, of hockey culture, <laughs> and everything. And especially because, like, Biz, on like this week and the week, you know, when they were talking about this, he says, like, the no spit, sand, what, no lube, sandpaper finish. Like, he's making rape oh, jokes, like, yeah, alongside like- of it. So it's like, <laughs> you don't have to, like, <laughs> give him the Spit and Shiglets, but. I mean, yeah, doing what they did. The play, it's a players' podcast, um, right? Sticking and- up because it sounds like it was the younger players who Babcock especially targeted. And if you're someone like a Boone Jenner or a Johnny Gaudreau, it, it, like they could maybe handle it. But then it also sounds like Bob Babcock wasn't as much of an like a jerk to um, 
Boon Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau, it seems like it was especially the young ones. And if you're, yeah, those guys, it's not like you're going to come out and speak out about it. Um, we don't know, like, which young guys, but if you're, like, an Adam Fantilli, um, right. you just got drafted. You're not going to come out against, like, the Mike Babcock, like, with, with, with his stature. So someone had to do it. Um, it's, the NHLPA, good on them for getting involved um, so quickly. I think my thing is, like, how come, like, Yarmo Kekalainen, like, the GM isn't, like, following him on the way out? Because I did everyone, like, not – maybe not this coming specifically, but there are just so many, like, examples, long period of time over, like, Babcock. It's not – I know some people are saying, like, oh, these young kids, like, they're soft. They can't handle the old school coaches. That's not old school coaches. It's not soft. It's BS. Like, it's yeah, no, it's like, 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 like it's what they're like, dealing with. It's disgusting. I mean, for, for, yeah. I mean, however much of it might like is true or not, but I mean, yeah, his reputation preceded him before they brought him into Columbus and, and look what happened again. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, these, it's, it's not these it's players not, being soft. It's, he's just a bad person. Like, mm-hmm. like, like a Sutter's like an old school coach and like, it's not Babcock. And cause you also, hear about, you know, because they're, like I said, past stories. Mitch Marner, he was a young guy in Toronto and Babcock did the thing with him, like, rank your teammates, hard working to not hard working. But then, like, the other players that have had issues with Babcock, it looks like Chelios, Elon Franz, and, like, those aren't, like, soft, like, new school guys. No, it's, mm-hmm. like, what Babcock doing, that's not, like, just, like, tough coaching. That's, like, mind-effing, like, these guys, like, totally unnecessary, like, being manipulative. Um, how he, I, there's no way he gets another job again, but like Kakalainen, I don't know, like we kind of knew this is about Babcock, that like this is how he was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't and he's still bringing him in there. Especially because what have the Blue Jackets done under Kakalainen? Um, it's yeah. not even like, well, he's such a good GM. It's like, I think, <laughs> it's like there's no reason to, to keep him around. It doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like an old school thing. It's just like Bab- Mike Babcock is a bad guy and doesn't need to be, especially like a young rebuilding Blue Jackets team where it is like a bunch of young guys. It's a bunch of young guys and he's bullying them. And then the Mitch Marner story of ranking your teammates, like, I don't understand what anybody would think that that would do productive for your team than to go tell the other players, oh, here's what Mitch Marner thinks, that who's the hardest working and who's not. And then those veteran players that he's saying are not hardworking players. I mean, how do you think that is possibly good for your dressing room? I mean, what purpose does that serve other than making people feel small and just it's literally just bullying I, I, uh, so much of the behavior is just bullying and it sounds like just bullying to bully yeah like, and like i saw you know reaction from fans who were like not happy that like babcock got like well, he didn't get fired he stepped down but he was kind right. of there's no coming back um but like fans are calling it like cancel culture and like oh cancel culture you know again might but this is something that's actively happening and it's been something that's happening for years <laughs> it's like it's it's a pattern of behavior. It's not like, oh, one thing came out 10 years ago, and now we're getting rid of Babcock for it. No, it's, a pa- it's something that was ongoing. He continued to do. This was his second chance. He it, His first chance was when, you know, everything we knew before that, you know, Franz was talking mm-hmm. about and Marner and all that and a, a ton of players. It, stuff like the... I just little stuff like scratching guys when it's like their first game back in like their hometown or like the winter class. Like I think Chelios got scratched or like a winter classic. Um, like there's that stuff, but then there's like the bigger stuff, like, like the Marner stuff. And this was his second chance that like he really shouldn't have gotten. And then it's like, Oh, he didn't change at all. And then people are like, ah, cancel culture. Kids, kids him every time. No, that's not what this <laughs> is. He just shouldn't be coaching. <laughs> Um, yeah, it is ca- it's such a ridiculous situation, but it's it's good that it got out there and that the Blue Jackets, uh, especially those young players there, are done dealing with this situation. I, I mean, it's it's never over because people are going to continue asking about it and it's going to kind of, you know, it, it could shake you up early in your career, especially with those young guys. So 
it's never over and the damage has been done, but it's good that Babcock is out of there for sure. Yeah. I mean, even Boone Jenner got kind of put in a tough situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause, I mean, if it, he was Biz put him in a tough spot by name dropping him on the podcast at the time, which like this week I did listen back. He he apologized for doing that because the story was like, oh, he did this with Boone Jenner. But then, mm -hmm. you know, the Blue Jackets put out that initial statement like Babcock calling the allegations offensive. And then like Boone Jenner has to put out a statement saying like, oh, it was actually much more. It wasn't that bad. Like it was it, it's been mischaracterized. But it's like even if it wasn't mischaracterized. Like Boone Jenner did get it bad. Now you got to put him in a tough situation because the team's coming to him like, hey, can you help us put out this fire? But then it's also sounding like Babcock wasn't kind of targeting the guys like Jenner and Goodrow anyway. So what a mess. Well, the right move was made. He's out of there. And well, I mean, I guess they didn't have to technically make the move. But I can't believe they just let him resign, honestly. Yeah. But well, they don't have to pay him. So that's I'm pretty there sure. There you go. That's yeah. the difference. If they fire him, they got to pay him. He had how many? He didn't even make it to training camp. So how many? <laughs> I saw he finished. He's like in the top ten wins in Blue Jackets coaching history, and he hasn't coached a game. So <laughs> that's that's how bad the Blue Jackets. <laughs> anyway. Things are going great over there. <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully these young guys can figure it out. So, uh, well, actually, I mean, not for Penguins fans. So hope. Sure, they yeah. hope they never figured it out. But <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, speaking of the Penguins, we have uh, Kevin Acklin with us, uh, Penguins president of Business Ops for the second week in a row. But this time he is talking Yammer Yager back in Pittsburgh with us. We'll be right back with podcast on Fifth Ave. Don't go away. Now we have Kevin Acklin, the president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, joining us again here on podcast on Fifth Ave with Taylor Haas, Ooh, Taylor Haas, <laughs> and me, Julianne Pelusi. Kevin, uh, gosh, not only did you grow up down the street with Dan Marino, who knows you as basically naked cowboy at this point, <laughs> like the guy in New York City, but uh, also you're the guy who brought Yama Yager back to Pittsburgh. Well, um, I didn't bring her the first time, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll credit that to uh, um, to the leadership at the time. But um, so, yeah, so we uh, about a year ago, um, I had an opportunity to have a phone call uh, with with Yarmir and it was a it was the middle of the winter. Um, I remember being dark outside about five thirty, six o'clock at night. And my phone rang and it was some European number. So I picked it up. And it was Yarmir Yager. And uh, we had connected through Borky. Uh, obviously, you know, Phil Bork, who is the old two-niner, who's, you know, not only um, a Penguins legend, but obviously still works for the club here uh, on the radio call, um, had connected us. And, you know, no agenda, just to, just to check in and see how he was doing. And uh, obviously, he's still playing over in the Czech Republic. Uh, we had an hour-long conversation, and he just opened up about Pittsburgh, and we talked about Donzies. If you guys are too young, but there was this bar down in the Strip called Donzies. It was a terrible kind of janky 90s bar on a, on a barge. Um, it, it, we just kind of really hit it off, and we started talking about, you know, what he was doing, and he made a joke at the time that he was still available to play and you know, if, if we wanted to do a trade. So we kind of just started staying in touch and, you know, and I said, if you're ever in the U S and you want to swing by, you know, we'd love to have you. Um, and so I'd say there were maybe four or five phone calls just randomly that we would have, you know, kind of checking in, no agenda and never talked about anything. Just, you know, how's the team, what's, what's going on. Um, and then I'd say, sort of early April of this year, uh, he shot me a text and said, Hey, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, uh, in a few weeks, can we get together? So, uh, he came in, it was a Sunday. I met him here at the arena. Uh, he had a group of friends with him. I had his girlfriend and we spent the day together and it was, it was a whirlwind. Um, I brought him into the arena, you know, it, my perspective, as I told him, I, you know, I was a kid when he got, 
drafted here to Pittsburgh. I remember delivering newspapers that morning um, and I couldn't pronounce his name, <laughs> but uh, I said, who's this Jag, right? right. <laughs> Yager. But in any event, um, you know, we talked about in he, when he left here, obviously, you know, there were some hurt feelings, I think both ways. I wasn't around then, but, you know, he played for a bunch of teams, but I, I, I really, I don't think he understood how important when, when he met me at the arena, the first thing we talked about was how important he is to this franchise and to this fan base. A lot of fans now, you know, came of age when he was the guy, um, you know, pre-Sid and, and obviously Mario was going through his battles with cancer and then ultimately a retirement. It was Yager who for, for a period of time, you know, was the guy on the team, the captain and, and really kept us competitive. Um, you know, a lot of us remember those were some of the dark days of the organization financially. On my wall here, I have, um, here, I'll pull it down for you guys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we want to see it, Kevin. We're the whole tour. <laughs> I have on the wall here, I have the, the Post-Gazette here that says Captain Comeback uh, from Monday, May 3rd, 1999. And uh, this is uh, happened uh, he scored the winning goal there against Jersey in game seven of, um, I believe, the playoff series there. And what he said there was he felt like he needed to win because the team was facing bankruptcy. And, and so he felt like he had the future of the team on his shoulders into the time he did. Um, and so I walked him through the arena. We went into the locker room. Um, we had a locker. This is we, his locker. We had it all set up. Um in the locker was his jersey. Uh, of course. The pigeon that we brought back. And Taylor, you're, I think you're the one that broke that. Uh, <laughs> inside. Leave it to you know, Taylor. She's always got it. You did. You, I, I remember you, I was in Montreal when you called and you said, hey, I'm hearing about uh, the RoboPen. And I, and I said, who talked? <laughs> um, in any event, uh, you know, we're, I'm not in politics anymore, so you know I can't plug leaks like I used to. But and, and I'm kidding. But in any event, uh, n- no surprise. You know, we'd we'd love we'd love to hang his jersey in the rafters. I mean, uh, you know, we we haven't done much of that as an organization. You know, we have only only two numbers hang up there. Um, you know, 66 and 12, um, and it's something that you know we've been public about thinking. Uh, don't have anything currently scheduled, but. Certainly, you know, when he was here, I, I walked him around. I, I showed him his images. He's been part of, uh, you know, the fabric of this team for years, and it's something that we hope to celebrate soon. So, again, nothing planned thus far, but uh, we are talking to him about what the future looks like, um, you know, with the Penguins. And and certainly, um, it's funny. We, I took him around the arena here. Then we went up to Cranberry. I showed him the, the, the facility there, and he was telling me stories about – Back in the day, the team, their practice facility was in Mount Lebanon, and they actually would dress at home with all their equipment, and then they'd get the Lebo, and then they pop the skates on. I mean, the game has really improved the professionalism of the game. Uh, obviously, the facilities are much better. But it was kind of funny because when when Yogs was here, that was between when we were still interviewing for the new general manager. So we, we, did, we had a vacancy there uh, before we hired Kyle. Um, but we were preparing for the draft. So we went up to Cranberry and that day, all, all of the scouts were there and they were all in the room, in the locker room, going over the lists of, you know, who we were gonna draft. And again, Kyle, we hadn't hired yet. We were talking to him already, but, and then nobody knew that we, you know, how far we were along in that process. So I, I knocked on the door and I said, I just, before you guys uh, finalize your draft picks, I, I made a deal here and I, I brought back, uh, I, I made a, a trade and it's a joke. And then Yager came in with all the, with all the scouts there, <laughs> and everyone looked at him and you know what he said? He said, you're all fired. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him I'm like, no, no, you're not. Fired. <laughs> you quit. So anyway, but he, so he's, he's hilarious. Um, he still has the charm that he always had and he has a love for Pittsburgh, you know, um, I can't share. He left me a voicemail after that day um, where he talked very passionately about the city. Um, he talked very passionately about the Penguins. He talked very passionately about Mario. Um, and uh, it's something that I've only played for a couple people, um, including Mario. But um, 
you know, again, the, the bonds are there. Um, you know, it's important to us to properly honor him and others. You know, this this organization has had highs and lows, but we stand on the shoulders of these great players that came before us and certainly Yarmou Yagers uh, at the top there. So stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're still talking. Uh, he called me last Sunday. It was like seven in the morning on a Sunday. My phone rang. I was still in bed and I popped up and it was and I, you know, an hour, we had an hour conversation just checking in on what, what he's been doing. Um, as I said, I, I think we've become friends here uh, beyond, you know, my role here as an or, you know, leading the organization. So uh, but we're, we're excited to do something with 68 and bring him back to Pittsburgh where he belongs. Do you do you get the sense that he knows that the city um, I guess feels more fondly towards him now because I know you know he when he got traded and the the dying alive and all that then also when he came back to the Flyers I know he made some comments when it, I don't know if he was with the Flyers or the Devils but it was after that where he was saying like all the fans in Pittsburgh that when I was there like dead or, or hate me now but do you yeah. get a sense that he knows that that's not I do really I, I, honestly like I feel. I feel like he still felt that that might have been the case, uh, but it's not. I mean, certainly, you know, we, we like to boo people when they leave. You know, that's just what we do because we'd rather them play for us. Uh, again, I wasn't here at the time, but um, what I can confirm is that the fan base loves Yarmar Yager. They understand his role in this organization. The ownership team, the players – um, Mario, others, you know, there, there's no hard feelings anyway. I mean, that's water under the bridge from, gosh, 25 years ago now, 20 years ago, longer. I, I don't know. If I could do math, I'd be a doctor. <laughs> but um, in any event, we're excited. Uh, and and my, my sense is, you know, you had these cup teams, 91, 92, and then a little bit of a break, 09, and then the 16, 17 teams. Um, you know, we're – we weren't able to properly celebrate those 91, 92 teams because we were in the middle of COVID. Um, and, and certainly um, we, we stay in touch uh, with our alumni and we want people, if they played here for a season, a half a season or for their careers, you know, we, we, we endeavor to be their club. And, and certainly um, people, when they play here in Pittsburgh, it's, it's a special place. Uh, you know, obviously with the talent we have on the ice, but, you know, we, we, we spend a lot of time and effort making sure that we treat our players well. They're connected to the community. Um, it's a great place to live. Um, you know, a lot of our players love Wilkes-Barre. They come up, you know, I, I talked to, I remember talking to, to Jars and to Jake. We flew out to Vegas a couple of years ago uh, for the uh, All-Star game. And I was on the plane with them and I made a joke of, about, I said, I was in Wilkes-Barre. I, like, there's nothing to do up there. And they're like, man. We love Wilkes-Barre. Like, <laughs> like we've, you know, but we have this hockey factory that has generated, you know, coaches. And, and so my point is, you know, it's a special place to play. Those of us now who are stewards of this organization understand where we came from, understand that it, without Mario and Yager and all these greats that we've had here, we wouldn't be the franchise we are. And, and we're benefit, uh, we're, we're extremely benef- benefiting from the talent we have now. So, uh, as well. So, any event, um, stay tuned. More to come. But uh, again, a pretty special guy. Uh, somebody who still has a house in Pittsburgh. I don't know, folks. I didn't know that he has a house, and it's a time capsule. He, he showed me pictures. If you go on his Instagram, he about that time when he visited Pittsburgh. Uh, he has some some videos of him going to his house. It's somewhere in the South Hills, and there's like calendars on the wall, and there's like an old. Uh, uh, fax machine next to his bed from the nineties. I mean, it looks exactly as it did, I think when he left Pittsburgh in the mid nineties. So, uh, which is kind of cool and weird at the same time. Uh, but, um, <laughs> in any event, we're, we're excited to, to bring him home here. Uh, and hopefully that'll happen soon. I know his, his Instagram has, he and his girlfriend are doing skits where he was like showing her what a fax machine is. Cause she's, she's really younger, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. he was having fun with it, but just um, on, on, on the subject of, the, of a Jersey retirement, who ultimately yep. makes that call? Um, is that ownership? Yeah, it's a consensus. I mean, um, conversation starts with, uh, with the captain and with, with uh, hockey operations say, Hey, look, you know, we're, we're starting a conversation there. Um, you know, again, other, other teams have retired a ton of jerseys. We haven't, it's something that we're thinking about because we've had so many great players come through here. 
Um, and so ultimately it's, it's ownership who makes the final decision there and the player. I mean, we, we offer it to them and, and, um, you know, with schedules and the fact that he's living overseas, you know, there's logistics there and, and timing and the like. And, uh, in any event, um, yeah, we're, we're starting to think more about that. How, how do we honor, uh, those players, you know, Brasso, of course, uh, this, this, uh, off season was named to the hall of fame. Um, He's somebody we've been in touch with recently about properly honoring him. He was the goalie back when I became a huge Pens fan and was the winner of those first first two cups as well. Um, and so uh, my, my sense is there's no program or no formula, um, but it's paying attention to here as a way to honor, uh, again, those those heroes that come before us. All right, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us here. First uh, two episodes of podcast on Fifth Ave. You are the best. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, stay out of those streets in South Oakland on your buggy wagon. OK, what I've sort of moved to the other side of uh, uh, Shelley Park. I'm in uh, Point Breeze now, but you can take the boy out of Oakland, but you can't take the Oakland out of the boy. And, and certainly, um, you know, again, those of us who are fortunate to work for the Penguins having grown up here, rooting for the team you know we keep the fans because we're all fans and we keep the, the hearts and minds of the fans front and center everything we do here um as i once told ownership i, I work for uh you know fenway sports group now but I, I work for the people of pittsburgh you know um i, I work for um all of us do and, and so we everything we do here is about winning advancing our city trying to do uh, great things here uh from ppg paint so Appreciate you both. It's important. Yeah. Uh, and obviously what you guys are doing and anything we can be helpful as this podcast grows, uh, count us in. Kev, are you going to get us Yager on the pod? <laughs> work on it. I'll, I'll let you know when he calls me. When he calls you me. Have the direct line. Sunday, you have the direct line. <laughs> maybe I'll start calling you guys next time and I can sleep in for an extra hour. But, Please. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Podcast on Fifth Ave, episode two. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care of you all. Bye-bye. Thank you.